Al Jazeera podcast. Iranian President Ibrahim Raisi is on an African tour hoping to forge new alliances. As Iran's economy struggles under Western sanctions, what can Africa offer? And does Tehran have any influence on the continent? I'm Mohammed Jamjoum, and you're listening to the Inside Story podcast, where we dissect, analyze, and help define major global stories. All right, let's go ahead and bring in our guests in Nairobi. Ngala Chome, senior analyst at Sahan Research, a think tank focusing on security and development in the Horn of Africa. In Tehran, Ali Akbar Dareni, researcher at the Center for Strategic Studies. And in Miami, Eric Loeb, associate professor at Florida International University and a member of the Board of Trustees at the American Institute of Iranian Studies. A warm welcome to you all, and thanks so much for joining us today on Inside Story. Ali, let me start with you today. Tehran has called this three-country tour of Africa a new beginning in relations with the continent. What kind of new relationship, new beginning, is President Raisi expecting, and, and what is he hoping to achieve with this trip? Um, President Raisi's visit uh, to Africa is in line with his administration's efforts to create new alliances with the non-Western world uh, in the current era of transition in international relations from a unipolar world to a multipolar system. Uh, it is also in line uh, with his look to the East policy of expanding economic and political relations uh, with the non-Western world. Uh, Iran is um, looking for closer relations with Africa to diversify its economy and defeat the sanctions. One way of defeating the sanctions is to increase Iran's international presence, improve cooperation with the non-Western world. Uh, this can help Iran uh, get out of isolation and defeat the sanctions. In this context, the, the Raisi administration looks at Africa as a continent of uh, opportunities that had been largely ignored by the previous Rouhani mm. administration. The previous Rouhani administration's top priority was to get the sanctions lifted, and uh, he, he was his team was influenced by the neoliberalism school of thought that mm. sought to uh, solve Iran's problems uh, through negotiations with the West. But the JCPOA proved to be a disaster. Mm. Um, the sanctions were not lifted, the United, the United States. But the Raisi administration has adopted a new strategy mm. um, of, uh, of trying to thwart and nullify the sanctions while keeping the, uh, the path of diplomacy open in case there is a way to revive the JCPOA. Two major hey, global Ali, developments. Have, Ali, I'm sorry, yes. I'm, sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I do want to get back to you in a moment and ask you more about uh, the issue of the sanctions and the JCPOA. But first, I, I want to go to Eric because I saw him reacting to some of what you were saying. It looks like you wanted to jump in, Eric. But I also want to ask you, um, Iran's president visiting the continent to boost trade ties with Kenya, Uganda, and Zimbabwe. From your vantage point, how different is this approach for a country that has, for years, focused mostly on opportunities within the region? Well, we actually uh, do see some continuity here. Uh, we should note that President Raisi is visiting Kenya among the, um, other, among the three countries that he's visiting on his African tour. And even predating the revolution, Kenya was the second uh, and has been the second largest trade partner 
um, for, again, pre-revolutionary Iran and the Islamic Republic after South Africa. Uh, and this relationship really is formulated in uh, Kenyan exports primarily of tea to Iran in exchange for oil, carpets, and, and chemicals. Uh, and so there, there's a lot of continuity here in terms of the trade relationship between Iran and Kenya, as well as uh, even with Zimbabwe and Uganda, um, less with trade. They are uh, much smaller trade partners than Kenya. But Iran in the past has engaged in economic activities there, notably in both um, Zimbabwe and Uganda. It's uh, set up uh, automobile and tractor uh, factories to mm. um, boost its production there, um, as well as uh, worked with Uganda on its fisheries and other uh, sectors of, of agriculture, livestock, and industry. So there's actually a lot of continuity uh, on the economic side to, to mm -hmm. this visit. Uh, Ingala, uh, you heard Ali there talk about the fact that Iran's economy has for quite a while now been struggling under Western sanctions. I want to ask you, what can Africa offer Iran at this stage? Thank you. I mean, I agree with Ali that there's some continuity, but there, there are also some, some nuances and new contexts to be, to, be, to be paid attention to. One is Iran's own um, uh, sense of uh, isolation, I mean, still facing U.S. sanctions, but also seeking to repair relations with African countries such as Egypt and Morocco, and closer home in the Horn of Africa, um, um, seeking to play a larger role in a region <clears throat> in a region where other sort of Gulf or Middle Eastern countries have recently come to play a large role in development projects, but also in areas such as security and defense uh, cooperation. In the discussion. The, uh, uh, the president of Iran had today with the president of Kenya, a lot of it seemed to have centered on the traditional areas of, uh, of, of trade, investments, um, 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 you know, ICT, and less spoken about was the issue of, 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 of security, um, um, which has also seen other sort of Gulf countries, mid Middle Eastern countries such as Qatar, uh, uh, the UAE much more recently coming to play a role uh, in, in, in the own of Africa, Kenya being one of the frontline states um, in, in Somalia's uh, uh, war against Al-Shabaab, um, um, it would have been, um, um, you know, very interesting if that particular issue was not discussed uh, uh, during today's meeting. Um, uh, we, really, we really suspect that this was also part of the conversation, even though mm -hmm. it was in public. Ali, you were speaking before about uh, the impact that the Western sanctions were having on Iran. You were also talking about the fact that uh, former U.S. President Donald Trump pulled out of the nuclear deal, the JCPOA. And I want to I want to zoom in a little bit more on that and ask you more specifically about, you know, the fact that Iran has really stepped up diplomatic outreach in the past uh, several months. Um, how much of that does does it speak to um, how big of a problem the sanctions uh, have been, and how much concern there was about the fact that the U.S. pulled out of the nuclear deal? Sanctions has been hurting Iran for a long time, but the Reis administration's top priority is to defeat the sanctions. And, uh, and one way of that is improving relations with the non-Western world. His tour of Africa uh, represents a major strategic shift 
in Iran's foreign policy. And this shift has been uh, caused by two key uh, global developments. One was the U.S. withdrawal from the JCPOA and the reimposition of sanctions. The other is a um, shift in world power. There has been a major sh uh, shift in the global balance of power. The unipolar system has gone away, and the United States uh, can no longer dictate its policies on the entire planet anymore. So this creates more room for uh, developing states uh, and more room to breathe and more options. And uh, President Raisi's tour of Africa is a major change because Iran, uh, at the same time, has adopted a new strategic direction to uh, to be um, uh, to complement uh, the uh, the African economy to improve business for the benefit of the two sides and at the same time show to the international community that Iran has uh, other alternatives even mm. if the sanctions are not lifted. Uh, Eric, um, you heard Ali there talking uh, about the fact that what President Raisi is doing now is, is quite a major break with what former administrations have done when it comes to uh, foreign policy. And, and I want to ask you, you know, from your vantage point, how does what President Raisi is doing now uh, compare or contrast to what former President Hassan Rouhani did when it came to foreign policy? Well, I would agree that it's a major contrast. Um, I had published an article with a colleague at the University of Tehran where we detailed uh, President Rouhani, as was said earlier, disengagement from Africa and focus on particularly leading up to the negotiations for the JCPOA or the Iran nuclear deal in 2015, really focused on the West and on trying to alleviate sanctions through that process. Um, and so there was a disengagement, and that really also culminated with disengagement on the African side as well, where Arab Gulf states, namely Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, went on a diplomatic offensive, offered military and economic assistance, particularly to the states in the Horn of Africa, which is a very strategic location on the Red Sea during the Yemeni civil war, and convinced these countries to cut ties with Iran in 2016. So this is an important shift for the Raisi administration, for Iran, in terms of trying to build back these relationships in the Horn of Africa and the wider continent. Ingala, um, let me ask you, how much influence does Tehran have on the continent at this particular moment? One, one often missed area, um, I feel, when it comes to relationship between uh, Tehran and, and African countries, also in Kenya, where, uh, where, where I am, is usually sometimes the sort of the cultural sphere. Um, um, we all know that, you know, Islam that is practiced in, in Africa is mostly uh, uh, Sunni, and in, in East Africa, mostly Sunni of, of the Shafi tradition. But in much more recent years, especially since the, the, the 1980s, um, there has been an increase in, uh, in sort of Shia, Shia, Shia uh, uh, is, 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 is Islamic uh, uh, schools uh, of thought um, that, that have been sort of sponsored by charities uh, or Muslim charities as, uh, coming, coming from, 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 from Islam. There is not quite a figure I could put, but there has been a visible increase in, 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 in Shia uh, mosques and madrasas, for example, in Kenya over the years. Um, um, one area where one may argue Iran has not been playing a larger role 
um, is in um, the, the creation of availability of employment opportunities, where many young Africans, uh, you know, Kenya, Uganda, uh, but also, also further afield in Western Africa, have found opportunities of work in mm. Gulf states, in Qatar, in in uh, in, the, in the UAE, and in Saudi Arabia. But Iran seems to miss, uh, uh, you know, the, the name of Iran seems seems, it seems to, to to miss in this in this growing. Uh, um, economic relationship between between Africa and the Middle East, mm. and I think maybe this could also be one area um, um, uh, that could be that could form part of the discussions uh, uh, that Raisi is going to have with a number of African presidents that he's going to meet in this recent tour. Ali, it looked to me like you were reacting to some of what Ngala was saying there. Did you want to jump in? Uh, well. Um, uh... I disagree with, with uh, just part of what uh, he said. Uh, under the uh, Raisi administration, Iran's new strategic direction is uh, largely aimed at economic and strategic cooperation with, uh, with African states. Um, while Iran is an Islamic republic, I, now I don't see ideology playing a, a much big role uh, in this now. The priority is economic, technological, and trade uh, cooperation with African states. Uh, Iran is exporting just $1.2 billion to Africa. This demonstrates the depth of uh, uh, Iran neglecting this continent of opportunities. Iran's foreign trade had been uh, taken hostage by the JCPOA, and the previous Rouhani administration uh, entirely neglected Africa. Now, under this new strategic direction, mm. Iran is reviving its policy of improving and boosting relations with Africa. And uh, the two sides have a lot to offer. Ir um, Africa is a good market for Iran's knowledge-based uh, companies, uh, engineering services, uh, dam building projects, transportation, fishing, and car production exports, agricultural exports. So there mm. is a lot Iran can offer and at the same time import part of its uh, needs from Africa. That has had, had been neglected. And under the Rouhani administration, under mm. the Raisi administration, Iran is trying to rectify that and at the same time defeats the sanctions. Eric, I can see you want to add to what some of what Ali was saying there, but I just want to go back to Ingala for a minute. Ingala, uh, yes. Ali was responding to some of the points you made earlier, so I just wanted to see if you wanted to add to that. Yes, I would, and I do agree with Ali. Um, um, a, lot of the, a lot of the focus has been on building diplomatic relationships, and especially around trade and, and, and also in investment. So it's very economic, this language of, of this kind of uh, um, newly sorted, uh, new, new, newly looked uh, for uh, partnerships. Um, it does make sense because, you know, Raisi was elected on a platform of fixing the economy um, um, at home. President William Ruto, where he's currently uh, in, um, uh, was also elected on a similar platform, but they've both faced inflation. Um, um, the currency of Kenya, um, has has has, um, has 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 depleted in terms of value, uh, similar to to the Iranian currency. So it, it makes sense that both both of them would come around these these e economic issues. But what I'm basically saying is that one area that's often overlooked 
-hmm. and where Iran may actually have a longer historical influence is 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 in in this cultural sphere. I think if you look at at, at how the Chinese, for example, have have built their relationships across the continent, is that as they built their relationships through economic uh, partnerships, they also are channeling um, uh, you know sort of cultural items. Uh, mm. uh, uh, this case, the learning of, of the Chinese language, setting up of Chinese schools has also been part of that diplomacy. And I think mm. that for Iran to have a much more influential impact on the continent um, um, is that they could continue also emphasizing this more kind of softer cultural uh, uh, relationships as well. Mm. Uh, Eric, uh, you've been waiting patiently to uh, add your comments uh, to what's being said right now. So please go ahead. Yeah, no, I would certainly agree that economics and trade and commerce are certainly at the forefront of this initiative. And given that Africa really only represents 2 to 3% of Iran's global trade, there's a lot of potential in that relationship. On the flip side, there's also um, the geopolitical component of this, where uh, these countries can be uh, non-permanent members on the UN Security Council, and, and of course they sit in the UN General Assembly on the IAEA Board of Governors, and they can potentially influence votes for Iran. Um, not to mention the fact that both uh, Zimbabwe and Uganda have uranium deposits, and so there's um, some value there in terms of uh, nuclear enrichment. Uh, in terms of the cultural ideological realm, I would say that Iran is going to be pushing on two levers. Um, given that, again, this is a Christian and Sunni-majority continent, it will be really pushing on the, the anti-colonialism card, which it often does when it visits these countries, to try to galvanize elites and citizens during these visits. And then secondly, it will also seek to make inroads in, in the, the small Shia communities uh, of these countries, particularly in Kenya uh, and Uganda. Uh, Eric, I also want to ask you about um, particularly one of the countries that's come up a few times already in this discussion, and that's Saudi Arabia and the role that uh, the reestablishment of uh, diplomatic ties that Iran has now had with Saudi Arabia is playing in all of this. Uh, the fact that the diplomatic ties between both countries were restored in March, is that one of the reasons why we're now seeing Iran seeming to expand its economic and political reach uh, beyond just the immediate region? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking about that very point. Not only is there rapprochement or detente, let's say, between Iran and Saudi Arabia, but there's also a ceasefire in the works in Yemen, which was one of the reasons why the, the continent became so geopolitically or strategically important and tense between the competition between Iran and Saudi Arabia. So given these developments, it may actually give African countries geopolitical capital now to re-engage Iran and to feel that they don't necessarily have to choose sides between Iran and Arab Gulf states like Saudi Arabia and the UAE. Uh, Ali, let, let me ask you a version of the same question. The fact that diplomatic ties have been reestablished between Iran and Saudi Arabia, how much is that playing into what's going now? How much has that allowed Iran to be able to go beyond its traditional foreign policy goals? A lot. Uh, the Raisi uh, administration's policy of look to the east is primarily designed to uh, in boost Iran's overall deterrence capability against the West. And Africa is playing an important role. To, to achieve that, Iran needs to uh, expand its international pres uh, presence, de-escalate tensions with regional states, and pave the way for 
for better relations uh, with the non-Western world. And, and, and that is happening right now. You know, uh, the mediation by China, uh, Iran's improving relations with BRICS and, and uh, Iran's membership in the Shanghai Cooperation Council all speak of Iran's new strategic direction. And the Reis administration uh, has been pursuing uh, the resistance discourse in its foreign policy. Uh, that means uh, trying to uh, defend Iran's national interests and giving, uh, uh, you know, concessions in return for concessions, and not providing concessions without obtaining concessions. Mm. Uh, at the same time, the, uh, the Raisi administration has been saying all along that the world is not limited to the West. Uh, this is a reference to the previous Rouhani administration's policy, that its foreign policy was largely uh, you know, confined to negotiations with the West. And the Reis mm -hmm. administration wants to create a balance in mm -hmm. Iran's relations with the outside world. And one way of doing that is to improve relations with Asian, Euro-Asian, mm. Latin American and African states. And this is what we are witnessing right now. Mm. Uh, Ingala, I want to ask you more specifically about uh, Kenya. When it comes to Kenya's foreign policy, how is this visit being perceived um, by members of the government, by uh, members of the opposition, and, and by the citizens? Well, so Kenya's foreign policy has historically had a very strong economic um, impulse. Um, um, from the time of the Nanaline movement to, uh, post, to, to the post-1990 world um, as well. Um, and, and so therefore, a lot of what has happened today um, um, was, was, was widely expected that a lot of the discussions would center around uh, opportunities for trade and investment. The Kenyan president has announced that there will be um, um, a model of a car that will, be, that, will, that will actually be manufactured in Kenya from Iran, uh, locally referred to as Kifaru. And so a lot of the discussions were you know, centered around economic trade relations investments and, and information technology as well. Um, but like I had said uh, uh, earlier, is that um, um, Kenya is also one of the frontline states um, mm -hmm. um, on, the, on the ongoing war against Somalia's Al-Shabaab. Mm -hmm. and, and in that front, um, other Middle Eastern countries have also come uh, to play a huge role. Uh, in a you know in 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 addition to 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 the, to the traditional mm -hmm. uh, uh, Western some countries playing a role in the region as well in that sphere mm -hmm. and in this case I'm, I'm referring to the United Arab Emirates uh, um, and, and and Turkey uh, and 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 therefore for me uh, in in my view um, I think that Iran may be thinking as well to 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 also play a role in 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 in, in mm -hmm. sort of you know security defense uh, 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 partnerships as well in countries such as Kenya. Ingala, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we are starting to run out of time. And I just want to ask one final question to Eric. Eric, I saw you uh, uh, shaking your head there, uh, actually nodding your head to some of what Ingala was saying. Uh, and I just want to ask you very quickly, we have about a minute and a half left. Um, this attempt by President Raisi to reset relations with African officials, um, does it look to you like it will be successful? Well, I think uh, it could be successful. And uh, like I said earlier, I think one of the pathways could be this dialing down of, of Gulf tensions 
within the continent and giving some breathing room to these countries to re-engage Iran. And so I think there's some uh, flexibility and, and some potential to work with. At the same time, I wouldn't necessarily be overly optimistic in terms of what Africa could do for Iran and vice versa, given the limitations that both sides have. And I think for that reason, despite Raisi's stated eastward policy, we're seeing the Iranians, um, you know, in a more subtle level, re-engaging the United States mm -hmm. and, and working out formal agreement to try to uh, bring sanctions relief in mm -hmm. exchange for prisoner releases and nuclear limitations. Mm. All right. Well, we have run out of time, so we're going to have to leave the conversation there. Thanks so much to all of our guests, Ingala Chome, Ali Akbar Dareni, and Eric Loeb. This episode was produced by Mohamed Al-Aishi, Katya Lopez-Hodoyan, Abla Kla, and Jimmy Gerahun. Studio sound was by Yara Atallah. The program was edited by Leroy Messina, Khaled Sultan, and Joe DeFrias. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. Thank you for listening. Tune in on Thursday for our next episode. This week on The Take, we follow the search for Yevgeny Prigozhin and try to understand where the loyalties of his Wagner mercenary forces lie around the globe. That's The Take by Al Jazeera. Find us wherever you get your podcasts.